0: you're gonna make me cry with that song oh oops that's the one they played at um, Chester Bennington's tribute concert I think it was oh R.I.P yeah that one that one made me cry Mm -hmm. it's fine okay listen it is Tuesday Tuesday and this is the longest week of my whole fucking life (laughs) it's Tuesday (laughs) the Tuesdayst of Tuesdays. I hate it here. That is all. Okay. <laughs> so 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 Erica, we got some business to take care of a little bit first before we start shitty chatting into this. Oh, yes ma'am. Episode. Yes, ma'am. It is the freaking season 3 finale. <gasps> oh. Hell yeah. We did it. We earned ourselves a break. Hell yeah. Cheers to Yeah. <laughs> And so, listeners, uh, just a reminder. I know we've been saying it for the last three episodes, but shut up. You get to listen to it again. Um, So, I just don't want you guys to forget. Like, I don't want you to be, like, six weeks later and be like, why the fuck haven't they been posting episodes? We're taking a break, okay? We will not be back after this episode is posted. We will not be back until March 14th, okay? We get... All of February off. It's going to be wonderful. I have zero plans. <laughs> I, I have zero plans. I'm going to sit on my butt and relax and um not think about anything for six weeks. <laughs> that sounds great to me, honestly. And Erica is going to turn 26 in the process. Oh, rip yeah rip (laughs) on my deathbed right now as we speak (laughs) (laughs) it's fine just don't worry about it don't mind us we're just getting old (laughs) oh my lord okay well um six weeks off we'll be back march 14th and we're gonna come up with a cool cute fun awesome way to tell you guys what season four is gonna be about so don't you worry yeah yeah and with that let's talk about my case Lay it on me. So, season finale. <laughs> <laughs> and would it be a season finale if Caitlyn didn't leave you with a horrific, unbelievably dark tale? Oh, God. No, it wouldn't be a Caitlyn finale. So, here we go. <laughs> so, today, I really shouldn't be laughing because this is, I'm like uncomfortable laughing, but this is like a really horrific story. So,. Uh, this is a literal fucking massacre. Oh, like okay. quite, quite literally. Uh-huh. Um, so a huge trigger warning for this episode. Cause, uh, she dark, she, <laughs> she dark. <laughs> so, uh, uh, sometimes I like to bury the lead and give you a good old plot twist, but, uh, this story is horrific and I don't want to make light of it for any reason So I'm going to give you a summary and then we will go in depth. On July 22nd, a fucking neo-Nazi named Anders Breivik initiated an attack in Oslo, Norway via car bomb and then continued his rampage on the island of Utøya, which is just 24 miles from Oslo's center. Um, These two attacks left 77 people dead and 319 Whoa. injured. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, this attack is the, quote, deadliest mass shooting by a lone individual in modern history. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Mm, so uh, there's your summary. That's what you're in for this episode. Um super sorry about it. Here we go. Alright. So we're gonna start out by talking about the literal fucking neo-Nazi Anders Breivik. Um, He was born February 13th, 1979, and he was arrested at 16 for doing graffiti on walls. And that is the extent of his criminal record prior to these attacks. That's Mm -hmm. it. Just graffiti. That's it. Um, He did join something called the Progress Party when he was 20. Uh, the Progress Party is focused on lowering taxes and government intervention, as well as they, uh, a bunch of, like, they have anti-immigration policies. Mm. So, like, lowering taxes, great! Government intervention, it, eh, okay, a little bit, but then the anti-immigration policies, you lost me, like, I'm done. I don't want any part of that. Breivik left the Progress Party in 2006- but he had already joined a, quote, gun club at this point. Um, by 2009, he was broken unemployed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on the day of the attacks, Breivik, um, emailed a fucking manifesto to literally 1,003 people. Wow. Just 90 minutes before he began his attacks. So <laughs> this manifesto was... 1500 pages um i i just want to say that anyone who has a manifesto mm, there's something wrong because um fucking ted kaczynski the unabomber he had a manifesto um one of the school shooter kids he had a manifesto like um listen to me we don't care what you have to say Sorry about it. We don't. Like, keep your fucked up, racist, anti-immigration, like, keep all of your thoughts to yourself. Don't put them in a manifesto. Also, 1,500 pages. Sir. That's that's a lot. I can't even, like, when I wrote (laughs) my music history pages, I was, like, spelling out words, like, can't became can not, and, like you can't uh, mm, there that page requirement you got me fucked up (laughs) anyway so 1500 page manifesto stupid um he used the name andrew berwick and sent a youtube video along with his manifesto in the email um most of the people who received the email were from the uk but people in germany france and italy were also included This manifesto declared Breivik's opposition to Islam and demanded the deportation of all Muslims from Europe. He, oh wait, just hold on, it gets worse. (laughs) It gets worse. Listen, 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 fuck this guy. He also blamed feminism for a European, quote, cultural suicide and said that uh, the reason for his attacks, which had not happened yet, as the time to- at the time that he had sent the email or wrote the manifesto, the purpose for the attacks was to get his manifesto out there. No, and apparently, if you're a feminist, you're the reason that for the European cultural suicide. So, sorry, it's- it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to say it again with me. Fuck this guy. Fuck <laughs> this guy. I'm telling you, we need to make shirts that just say, fuck this guy. I like that. <laughs> um, so Breivik later claimed that he... Why is it always men? <laughs> I'm sorry. <I> just... <laughs> Listen, like, why am I always saying, fuck this guy? Like, why is it always guy, not like girl or lady or ma'am? Like, why is it always fuck this guy? Men, do better. That's all. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so Breivik later claimed that he had started planning for the attacks in 2002, but he didn't actually start preparing for them until 2009. So, like, he was, like, so the attacks occurred in 2011. But he claims that in 2002, he was, like, man, I want to do these attacks. And then he didn't actually start, like, gathering weapons and, like, materials for the attacks until 2009 so this was like according to him in planning phase for seven years that's a long (laughs) ass time and in those seven years he um made a bunch of like he did like i think like two businesses that he tried to start up and he tried to like embezzle money from the two businesses that he made but then that's how he ended up going bankrupt by 2009 so, it didn't it didn't work. <laughs> My guy, your plan didn't work, but fool. <laughs> so, after a disappointing trip to Prague where he had hoped to obtain tons of illegal weapons, um he he didn't get those illegal weapons. Mm. Spoiler alert. Ooh. Um he had to set instead settle for obtaining said weapons legally. God forbid. Um, So he was able to obtain a semi-automatic rifle and a Glock pistol, stating that he had a, quote, clean criminal record, hunting license, and two guns already for seven years. He also, so I assume that he had to, like, file for, like, an application for those guns. I don't know. This happened in Norway. I don't know Norwegian laws. Sorry. (laughs) Um, He also purchased, this is fucked up. He also purchased a police uniform and printed out fake badges, like police badges. He later wore these during his attacks. (gasps) No. Yeah, yeah, and that that'll come back. So he had to get a permit for the pistol, however, and that had to be or that proved to be more difficult than actually getting the guns. So I don't really know why he had to have a permit for the pistol and not the semi-automatic rifle, but okay. Anyways, um, so he went through 15 training sessions at the Oslo Pistol Club and was approved for the permit in mid-January of 2011, so just six months before the attacks. He bought 10 30-round magazines from the United States. And six for the pistol in Norway. So he had... in I think two or four of the six for the pistol were also 30-round magazines. So he has 300 rounds for something. Well, he is capable of carrying 30 rounds preloaded for... I'm assuming that would be for the rifle. And six... At least sixty for the pistol. Like he just has. That's it's so unnecessary, and I don't understand how that wasn't like a red flag. But whatever, it's fine. So, um, and of course he was able to obtain the ten from the United States because guns. We like guns. 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 (laughs) Okay, Uh, here comes the dark shit. Are you ready? yeah okay, okay okay i'm sorry I'm wait so sorry what yeah okay i'm ready oh <laughs> you're a dick <laughs> i was like i was like oh is luke home like what <laughs> fuck okay you got me that was a good one Ooh. can i go now <laughs> proceed okay thanks <laughs> Oh Jesus. So on. I really can't be laughing during this part, Erica. It's really dark. <laughs> Sorry. I just thought we should get it out now. Oh well, hold on. I do have I do have one more funny part. Oh, okay. It's me trying to pronounce a Norwegian word. Oh bet I can't wait. So here we go. All on right. july twenty second, twenty eleven, at three twenty-five PM, a bomb detonated in the government quarter. The government quarter in Norwegian is Squartala? It's beautiful. <laughs> I literally, it's spelled, you're gonna shit your pants when I spell it for you. It, this oh is all God. one big word, okay? Uh-huh. R-E-G-J-E-R-I-N-G-S-K-V-A-R-T-A-L-E-T. How is that even a word? Bro, I don't know. It's like... German and Norwegian and um, Celtic, they're like, bro. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm all good. So one more time, that is kvartala Beautiful. I have it spelled out very phonetically. <laughs> and I practiced it a thousand times. <laughs> so Rejeringskvartkala. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, no more laughing. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry. So the bomb was inside of a white Volkswagen Crafter that was parked outside of the office of the Prime Minister, Ministry of Justice, and the police and other governmental bu- government buildings. Fuck the van, which the the Volkswagen is it's like a van, so that it was seen at three thirteen on surveillance cameras. It stopped and had its hazards on for close to two minutes, and then it drove and parked in front of the main entrance of the main government building. The driver then got out of the vehicle and walked towards another car that he had parked also in the block. What? The van looked like a delivery van, and the man that was driving it was wearing a police uniform carrying a gun, and had a police helmet and face shield on. So the explosion blew out the windows on most of the buildings on the block, and the blast was heard four and a half miles away. Wow. And, like, I guess I don't know, I don't have any frame of reference, but, like, Jesus Christ. So the detonation occurred at 325, and by 326, the police were informed of the explosion. But if I, I mean, if it was heard four miles away, I'm sure like they heard it. <laughs> right. Um, They arrived, the police arrived on scene at 3.28 and the news agencies were then informed that the prime minister was safe and not injured. Because remember that the van was parked right outside the, the prime minister's mm. building. Right, right, good. At 3.34, a witness told police that there was a man wearing a police uniform holding a pistol and Entering an an unmarked Fiat Doblo. Let me say that again. Entering an unmarked Fiat Doblo. Doblo? Doblo. Sorry. I don't know cars. Police evacuated the area and searched for more explosives. They later discovered that the bomb was made of fertilizer and fuel oil. (gasps) And uh, that was very similar to the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. So the fertilizer actually came from one of the businesses that he had tried to start that Mm -hmm. failed. So that's that. Uh, So no additional explosives were found, but a railway and a TV station were evacuated when they found suspicious packages that were later determined not to be bombs, but better safe than sorry. An hour and a half after the explosion, Anders Breivik boarded a ferry headed towards... The island of Utoya. He was dressed as a police officer and called himself Martin Nilsson. Utoya Island was hosting the Labor Party's AUF Youth Camp that day, and that was an annual camp that hosted around six hundred teenagers. And he is headed cool. there with all of the, these guns, and yeah, ammo. No, that, that new, mm. Mm. new. Remember that I said that seventy-seven people died? Yeah. Yeah. So. When Brivik arrived to Utoya Island, he told the camp leader, whose name was Monica Boisei. i think I said that right. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering the the Norwegian. Um, but he told Monica that he, because remember that he's dressed in a police uniform, that he was sent to do a routine check following the bombing in Oslo. It is thought that Monica became suspicious and contacted the security officer on the island. His name was Trond Burntston. Burntston. Sorry, Isaac. Burntston. Yep. Uh, Breivik shot and killed both of them. Um, He then, Breivik, then started signaling and asking people to gather around him. And when he got a decent crowd, he pulled weapons out of his bag and began shooting them randomly. Yeah. Um, he started this attack by shooting at people on the island and then proceeded to shoot at people who were trying to escape the island by swimming across the lake. I'll post, um, pictures of, like, maps and shit so you guys can understand sort of what this is, but basically, Utoya is an island in the middle of a huge lake. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, it's Norway. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) it's fine so this is pretty this is sad um one survivor named dana Mm Barzingi, i think Mm -hmm. Barzingi, said that um or set was saying that many victims had pretended to be dead after being shot once um which is smart like if you're ever in a situation where you're like man this this person is trying to kill me whatever you play dead you play dead but the only issue was that Breivik came back around and shot them again. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so <sighs> Breivik did spare the security guard Trond Burns Burnstyn, I'm sorry. Um, they he did say spare Trond's son, his 11 year old son, after the boy said that he was too young to die. Yeah. Uh, there was also a 22-year-old man who was spared after begging for his life. Uh, some of the people on the island hid in undergrowth and in bathrooms. Um, they communicated by texting each other so that they didn't, you know, give away their location. Mm-hmm. Uh, some residents brought their motorboats, like some residents surrounding the island. I think there were, there, I think there are like a couple of islands in this lake. And um, so some residents brought their motorboats and fishing dinghies out to the island to rescue some survivors who had been swimming in the lake or hiding in bushes or behind rocks. Uh, Some people were able to survive by pretending to be dead. Um, There were also caves on the west side of the island that uh, some were able to hide in. Um, 47 campers hid inside a schoolhouse, which Breivik fired two shots through the door. But he couldn't get in because the door was locked, so the people inside the schoolhouse survived. He just, like, tried to open the door, and it didn't open, and so he just, like, walked away. Which, like, good for him, but... Or good for them. Right. He's an idiot. Good for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, one man named Marcel Gleff heard gunshots and drove his boat to the island and began throwing life jackets to people that were in the water. Um, he rescued as many people as he could taking four or five trips, um, until the police asked him to stop. And that was probably for his own safety. Like, hey, thank you so much for saving these people, but we want to make sure that you're safe too. Given that Breivik was shooting people who were trying to escape the island, you know, so but marcel was actually credited with saving at least 30 lives so oh, like cool. yeah good for him good for him um 40 additional people were saved by a couple named hig hmm, hmm, hig Dallin and Toral hansen beautiful sorry um, several dozen more were rescued by a man named Casper. Um, others who had swam to the opposite shore of the island were rescued by other campers and vacationers. Um, the police were informed about the shooting about three minutes after the first shot. They immediately began trying to get to the island, but they didn't have a helicopter that could take them there because like there were a fuck ton of them. Mm-hmm. And also, it's an island, where are they gonna land the helicopter? But right. so um, the special task force, which was called Delta, was able to get on a boat that took them across the lake to Utoya Island. About an hour and a half after the shooting began, they uh, the police showed up with the special task force. Um, they told Breivik to surrender or be shot. And uh, Breivik surrendered, even though he still had ammunition left. He had been using hollow point bullets. To inflict the most damage. Um, for those who don't know, a hollow point, and I, I don't do guns, but hollow point bullets are the ones that like explode with shrapnel. Oh, when they hit you, I think mm. they're bad. Yeah, that's not hollow bad. point bullets are not good. They're way harder to extract from a body. Mm. Brevik had actually called one one two, which is the Norwegian nine one one. He called them twice to surrender. 25 minutes apart, but, um, he had continued killing people between the two calls. So, and like after the, the, the second call, he just kept killing people. It's whatever. Whatever. He's stupid. The youngest victim of this attack was 14 years old and from New Zealand. Uh, The final victim was 16 years old. And the age range of the 69 victims that were killed on the island was 14 to 51. And the age range of the eight victims killed in the bombing was 26 to 61. So it's not like he's just killing teenagers or it's just it's crazy hmm anders Breivik was charged with terrorism for both attacks um he admitted that he had committed the crimes but that he was not culpable for them stating that his actions were quote atrocious but necessary no this fucking gay um he was held in solitary confinement for four weeks good he wanted to wear a uniform of his own design to his hearing but the judge yeah. said absolutely the fuck not Mm -hmm. and he also wanted an open hearing, so, like, it would be open to the public. Um, The judge said no to this as well, so good for them for not giving him anything that he wants because fuck this guy. Breivik was given a psychiatric evaluation by a court-appointed forensic psychiatrist, but was diagnosed initially with paranoid schizophrenia and was deemed to have been psychotic at the time of the attacks. So Breivik being determined to be criminally insane did not sit well with the public, however. Newspapers and other media outlets criticized the psychiatrist who made the diagnosis. And uh, Breivik also disagreed with the report of his mental status. He, quote, expressed surprise and felt insulted by the conclusions in the report. Who fucking who? You killed seventy-seven people, and this is like like this uh, diagnosis will get you a lighter sentence. Why are you bitching? Mm-hmm. Like being deemed criminally insane or having like a mental break during the time of a crime—that's like a good thing for the vic- for the not the victim for the criminal. Like it gets you a lighter sentence. J- mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever. This guy's stupid. And regardless, this dumbass was given a second psychiatric evaluation and he was deemed sane in April of 2012. So the first one said that he was deemed insane during the attacks. The second one said that he was deemed sane in April of 2012. So after the attacks, he was deemed sane. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So onto the trial, um, he pleaded not guilty. You want to guess why? Not because he didn't do it, because he he already admitted to committing the crimes. He pleaded not guilty because, quote, I do not recognize this justice system. What? (laughs) Sir. Okay. That's not how this works. (laughs) Just because you don't recognize the justice system doesn't mean that you're not going to be fucking punished by it. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. He's so dumb. So the police brought Breivik back to Utoya Island to recreate his actions during the shooting. Uh, This was necessary because they wanted to charge and try Breivik for each of the 77 murders individually rather than lumping them all together like they do sometimes. Um, The police thought it was better to do this before the trial rather than making the survivors' and victims' families sit through it during the trial. So oftentimes they have these criminals do these recreations or like they they bring them back to the scene of the crime because it does help with the investigation and like the timelines and like i get it i understand why it's helpful but some of these fuckers revel in that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they love to go back to the scene of their crimes and relive it they love it so like uh yeah i have mixed emotions about that but it's fine And Inspector said that Breivik, quote, was not unmoved by his return to Utoya, but that he showed no remorse and that his behavior, his, yeah, and that his behavior and indifference was unreal. So he's just like, yeah, this happened. And, and then I walked over there and shot that person. And, you know, and this person died too, like, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. Ultimately, Anders Breivik was sentenced to the maximum sentence of preventative detention, quote, a sentence of 21 years in prison, which can be repeatedly extended by five years as long as he is considered a threat to society. Mm. This is essentially the Norwegian version of life imprisonment. So this, it's a good thing. Like, that's a good thing. Uh, this sentence requires him, to ser- requires him to serve at least 10 years before being eligible for parole. Of course, it's been over 10 years since the attack, so he had his first parole hearing in February of 2022. Oh. Um, parole was rejected last year awesome. <laughs> because um, he... he uh, uh, Hold on. We'll get there. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, he can apply for parole every single year, so that's going to be coming up here shortly. So, Hi. um Yeah. I'm going to keep myself updated on that. Um, he will, like, always be a threat to society. And, frankly, society will always be a threat to him. Mm-hmm. Because he he orchestrated the fifth most deadliest terrorist attack in Western Europe. Nobody wants to see this fuck on the streets. Yeah. Plus, on top of that, he literally waltzed into his fucking parole hearing, literally hailing Hitler. What? Like, arm up and ever so no he he's not gonna get paroled anytime soon sorry about it bud yeah anyways i'm done talking about this fuck so let's talk about the victims and survivors and the memorials that have been created for them all right oh i did not look up how to pronounce this so that's fun um just three days after the attacks a memorial march took place at the city hall square which is Rod hughes plasen Rod hughes plasen Yep. Mm-hmm. The City Hall Square in Oslo. Um this hosted around 200,000 people and there was also a memorial concert titled Mit Lul Land, beautiful which means my little country. <laughs> uh and this was named after a song of the same name. This concert was held in the Oslo Cathedral on July 30th of 2011. And there was also a national memorial ceremony on August 21st of the same year. As for permanent memorials, there is a temporary memorial in the town square where the bomb detonated. Um, there is a permanent memorial going up in Viken. On Utoya Island, there is a memorial located at the clearing. Um, it was a Norwegian word that I'm not trying to pronounce. <laughs> um, this this memorial on the island is a steel ring that hangs between trees, and it has the names and ages of the 69 victims from the island engraved on it. There are um, a couple of other memorials that have been proposed or are in the works, but they didn't have much more information on those. So that is the Norway attacks of 2011. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And the fact that he did it all by himself and was planning it supposedly for nine years. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, this guy is the worst. But yeah, that's what, that's what I have for you. I'm sorry that it's sad. (laughs) 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 I hope that my uh, attempts at the Norwegian pronunciations lightened it at least a little bit. Um... And one more time for maybe the last time this this podcast. Fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know that we'll have a reason to say fuck this guy next season. Probably not. But you never know. Maybe. I might might be able to slip one in there. <laughs> maybe. Oh my gosh. Okay. So season finale, baby. Woo-hoo. Woo! Woo! We'll see you guys on March 14th. Have a... F- Did you hear that? What the fuck was that? <gasps> <laughs> there was a scary noise in my basement, so I'm going to go upstairs. Um, We'll see you guys March 14th. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Thank you for listening to Mysterious Ish. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Mysterious Ish Pod. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.